Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Doug and Associates. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson. Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Doug and Associates, this is Mickey Marquis. Hello? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Welcome to the Pot of Skew Podcast. I am CJ. With me, as always, is my head or life mate, Rico. What's up, man? Well, my magic shows. Hey, what's up, guys? Oh, my God. You're starting already. <laughs> you know, I don't... Eat. Look, I know how much you love my impressions. I know how much everyone else loves my impressions. You never asked me to do the impressions, so I always have to volunteer the impressions. That might be a clue. Anyway. Magic shows. Um... What's up, man? How's what's going on? Um, well, let's see. Uh, not to always like put a timestamp on episodes on our shows, <laughs> but a couple days ago was Friday the Thirteenth. Yes, it was. And I don't know if you know this. I don't know if they do this out in Jer- in, in Philly or Jersey or wherever the fuck you live. Um, but uh, some tattoo parlors will do uh, sales, so. I got a couple tattoos, and they were only $26 a piece. Wow. Yeah. So I got, I mean, look, let me let me reiterate. It's not like you can get anything. Right, you can't right. get anything original. They, they, all, they, all, they draw all this shit in advance. You either get just a simple black and white one, or you can get a, uh, a color shaded one. They both, you know, basically the same thing. Just one's a little bit more detailed, but it still costs the same. And a lot of them. At this tattoo parlor, not I mean, like there's some good ones, but there's like good ones that I would never get. And then there's a lot of like, wow, that is a giant dildo. Like I, there are some great ones, but ones that I would never get. Sure. And then there's some like a lot, like a lot of them are just sort of like jokey, like tattoos. Like, hey, if you want to get a giant veiny throbbing dick, <laughs> really. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm not even joking. Like, there's a ton of, like, there was a heart with, like, a woman's butt, and you could very clearly see, like, a vagina and asshole. Okay. Like, and then there was, like, random ones, like, here's a ghost, and it looks like Casper, but, like, like with, with like, a, with a meth problem. Uh, <laughs> this is, <laughs> uh, this, there was, like, um, there was, like, a farting dog. Okay, so like, some really kind of stupid ones. Yeah, there's a lot of stupid ones. And there's like an owl. And then there's like, uh, there was a little cherry with like a fuse at the end of it. So it was a cherry bomb. Um, okay, that's kind of, that's kind of neat. You could use that, something with that. That's what I'm saying. That, that was kind of cool, but it's not really one I would get. Oh, well, sure. You know, sure. That, that's something like a, uh, like a biker chick would get on her boob. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Well, let's ask one. Hey, Deb, would you get a cherry bomb on your boob if that was like a, a you one of your only options as a tattoo? Like you for for twenty six bucks. For twenty six bucks, like it had to be like it's one of the it's like a list of tattoos and they're twenty six bucks a piece and they're the only tattoos they're doing that particular day because they're doing some kind of thing. Would you get a cherry bomb on your boob? It's not so much a cherry bomb; it's a cherry. Oh, that has a fuse. It's a so cherry, it looks like a like real fruit cherry. Cherry with a fuse on it, though. So it's like, you would do that? All right, so yes, you're right. A biker chick would get a cherry bomb on her boob. See? Yeah, right right next to the fucking, like, uh, what, what the fuck is it? Uh, the uh, Rolling Stones, like, logo. Like, the tongue, the yeah. Yeah, the, the mouth and tongue. Um, so with all these selections, all these beautiful and, and eloquent and mysterious selections, I was like, uh, I'm going to get Jason Voorhees' mask because it's Friday the 13th, plus I'm a fan of horror films. And it was cool because it has a machete going through his head. Yeah. And, like, the, the artist that I saw, like, like said, I'm going to, it's like, if it's okay with you, I'm going to fuck around with it. I'm like, just tell me what you're going to do before you fuck around with it. Like, I, sure. I want to know if you're going to be like, oh, it's not going to be a machete, it's going to be a giant dick through his head. I'm like, no, I'm not okay with that at all. Right, right. Um, but he, he just, all he did was basically color the eyes in red. That's really the only, okay. he said he's like, the, the machete's bloody. I'm going to have the blood go through like the head, so it's going to be bloody eyes. I'm like, yeah, that, 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 great. And then I got a, a shark, and he also tweaked that. The original logo, the design of the shark was, it was sort of bunched up together. Like it was, the, the fins and tail were not as long. So we actually extended it and made it a little bit, look a little more badass. So I've got a, um, I have a great white shark colored, um, on my right shoulder blade and I have a little Jason Voorhees, uh, mask underneath my other tattoo, which is of a fedora, which was my first tattoo. Um, and I could, I could list, I could hear all the listeners' eyes roll. Like, of course, you got a tattoo of a fedora. Well, it was my I'm... first tattoo. It was for Sinatra. It was for the 40s and 50s. But I'm... now, here, fuck up. Everyone now thinks it's for Freddy Krueger. And to be fair, though, that fedora is identical. Like, you sent, for those who aren't aware, that fedora is the one you sent to Logo Mike to put on your head on the logo. Right. So, no matter what, the logo is always going to be synonymous with Montesquieu and the fedora. But now people are like, oh, this is Jason. No, that must be for Freddy. Why is it green? I'm like, fuck. I didn't think that went through. Well, it's funny you got tattoos th- this week because, and I had no idea because you told me yours the day of on Friday the 13th. You told me you yeah. were going to go do it. Um, my biological mom and my sister went and got tattoos yesterday. That I the 14th? Well, yes, but there's a reason for that. So, if you recall, and I think we talked about it many months ago, my grandmother and my great-grandmother died within five days of each other, not this past January, but the January before. Mm-hmm. And yesterday would have been my grandmother's birthday. Mm. So, what they went and got were, my grandmother loved hummingbirds. So, they went and each got a hummingbird tattooed on them. My sister got it closer to her ankle, like a little higher up on her thigh or her calf. And my mom got it on her heel, like the inside of her. I think it looked like her left foot, like at the heel. 
Hey, I've heard heels are pretty painful, but good, good for her. I have too, and she said it's the last tattoo she's getting, and I'm wondering if that's why. But <laughs> she's also, I mean, she's not old, but she's certainly older than us. Um, right. Um, but yeah, so they got they got matching hummingbird tattoos in honor of my grandmother. So I thought that was pretty cool. They sent me pictures yeah. last night. Yeah, it was cool. That's cool. Um. Also, on a Friday the 13th thing, completely unrelated to tattoos and my grandmother, Fumes did a um, a live feed. He was playing a game called Friday the 13th. Now, this is the first I've heard of this particular game. The only Friday the 13th game I ever heard of prior to that was a game for the old original Nintendo Entertainment System that was terrible. It was a oh, terrible yeah. fucking game. Notoriously difficult to play. Yes. Confusing as fuck. Little little instructions of what you're supposed to do. And it's like a time meter. I remember like, I remember playing I think so, that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have, you have like five minutes or something to like run around and like hope you stumble upon Jason Boris and try and beat him before the time. Like it's so it would, yeah, I'm with you, but I do know what you're leading up to the, the live action Friday 13th official game. Well, I don't know if it's an official. So the one he was playing was a, it's a, it's a five on five, pvp style games so basically and and you can play with random people or you can play with friends and Mm -hmm. what it basically does is from what i could tell and i haven't had a chance to talk to fumes to to clarify before we recorded but what it basically does is if you you all sign in so it's like you let's say it was you me fumes steph and deb right playing the game We'd all sign in, and then I think it ran. You pick which Jason you want to be, because there's like five different versions of Jason. Like you could be Jason from like the one in space, or from the original movie, or whatever. And then the one with the burlap sack. You could be the hockey mask. Yeah, I I know what you're talking about. And then you also pick which counselor you want to be, and they're a little more generic. I don't think they. I don't think they're specific to the characters from the the movies. I think some of them are. I've seen. I've I've played this game, so I think they actually have play. Like you can play. Okay. Like the counselor from the very first movie. I don't think you could play as Mrs. Bory. No, 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 no. She she's, for lack of a better phrase, almost the narrator of the thing. I know that for oh. a fact because her voice comes on the screen at the end of every match. Um, but. You, you, as five people, I think it randomly picks which one of the five of you is Jason, and then yeah. the other four of you are counselors. And as the counselors, your job to to win is to get away. And there's a couple different ways to do it. You can call the police, or you can get the car and drive the car off the the campground. But it's not like just, oh, run to the car, get in and drive away. Like you have to go find the battery for the car and you have to go find a can of gasoline and you have to go find the keys and they're all in different locations and then take them to the car. All while the one person who was assigned Jason is trying to kill you. And that's what that's how the game plays. And he played that for like four hours on Friday on the 13th. Was he ever Jason? No, I never saw him as Jason, so I, that's why I'm not sure if it's random or you get to pick. That's the one thing I'm not on. I'm not clear about. It's random. It's, I think it's random. It is random. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, I always saw him as a counselor, and he won three or four matches that I saw of the like seven he played because some of them last quite a while in terms of time. Like, there's not a time limit on it. I, I just, remember playing like 
it on Michael's computer, and I'm not a PC player, so I have a harder time yeah. with the keyboard and the mouse and everything as opposed to console. Um, I would definitely get that on on a on the system. Um, it's on one of the PS4 one of the I, and Xbox yeah. One and Switch. Well, I could theoretically get on on Steph's Xbox if I if I want. It doesn't, you know. I like a campaign type of game. I don't like just a. I agree. If this was play through the franchise of different points of the movies and shit. Like, you know, that 007 legends game, if it was that, but with Jason, like, right. Like you play one level of each movie or something, something specific. I would be totally into that shit, but this was just very basic. You're a counselor or you're Jason. Good luck. But one of the things I thought was interesting because I saw someone play as Jason is that you can fast travel. Like, you can move much quicker than the counselors. The counselors are running like a normal video game speed, but Jason is like three times that. So it, it eludes the impression of, oh my God, no matter how slow Jason walks, he's always right behind me because he's cheating. He's going faster. And then there, I thought I may or may, this may or may not be confirmed, but I think Jason can like see through walls or something, or he's got some form of heat vision type of thing. It's, it's the thing to make it harder for the players as counselors and super cheap and ridiculous for the guy playing Jason. Right. Um, um, I, I didn't, I never got to see it. I played as Jason, so I can't confirm any of that stuff. I only saw counselor play, but well, I'll give you one little bonus uh, thing of trivia. The, one of the more established and arguably the best actor playing Jason Voorhees is an actor named Kane Hodder. Okay. He did like four of them. He did Jason Goes to Hell. He did uh, Jason X. He did the previous two before that. He was not in Freddy vs. Jason. The fans want him, but the director wants someone even taller to, you know, tower over uh, Robert England. Right. So... Kane Hodder is still respected stuntman actor for horror films, especially. He did uh, a whole other franchise called Hatchet, which is basically Jason without the like, mask. It's Jason in the swampy Louisiana area. Um, he, he plays a character named Victor Crowley. So uh, Kane Hodder came to do the motion cap as Jason. Yeah. So and like I saw footage of him like in the fucking motion cap suit grabbing people and, like, quote-unquote, killing the actors. And I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. It, it, it's so good that at least they went that extra mile to have the actual... The... I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, <laughs> I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments. Where bold moves require confident blueprints. Where you can accelerate transformation through consistency where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. 
Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. Jason. Right. The most popular Jason be the Jason that we play. I thought that was brilliant. No, that's that is that is. I agree. Um I I'm looking at the cast here. Um would you know any of the names of the counselors if I said them or no? Possibly. Well, so Zeno Robinson played Brandon Bugsy Wilson, uh, Benjamin Diskin as Chad Kensington, and Eric J.R. LaChapa, uh, as well as Christina V. So I don't know if any of those names mean anything to you, but they don't mean anything to me. So Not really. Um, but, oh, and... If it, if it says something like Tommy... Wallace or something, or, or, or he was a, a secondary protagonist uh, in the Friday. Corey Feldman played him in like the fourth movie. Okay, he was a little, um, little ass kid. Just because I thought you might find this interesting, uh, Jennifer Ann Burton plays Pamela Voorhees. Who's Jennifer Ann Burton? Uh, no, but I'm saying that I, I didn't. Well, I didn't know if that name meant anything, but no, nah. I mean, I may have heard her voice before, but good, good for them. <laughs> Yeah, like, if Jason loses, she comes on and says something to the effect of, like, we'll get him next time. They, It's more creepy and a little more elaborate, but that's essentially the vibe. And then if Jason wins, she's like, great work, son, come home, or something like that. some Something to that effect. Mm-hmm. So, which, and, and Friday 13th isn't what we're talking about today, but if I recall from my little bit of knowledge of the the movie is... Jason's not even the enemy in the first one, right? It's all his mom, or am I getting right. him in Halloween? No, the, yeah, because he, he is. It all everyone assumes that he's the. Let me give you an example, and and, and you're right. We do have other, another whole other subject to talk about, but in the movie Scream, there is the classic thing where the killer is on the phone with Drew Barrymore, and he's terrorizing her. This is just the opening scene of Scream. Right. And he's terrorizing her and doing a horror movie trivia type game. If she answers correctly, she lives. If not, she dies. That kind of thing. And he says, name the killer of Friday the 13th. And she gets all excited. She says, Jason! Jason! It was Jason! He's like, nope. Sorry. Wrong answer. She's like, no, it's bullshit. I saw that movie 20 goddamn times. It's like, well, then you should know Mrs. Voorhees was the original killer. Jason didn't come around until a sequel. I'm afraid that's a wrong sir and so that is the misconception everyone thinks jason is the killer of friday 13th it is right originally mrs force the lore of it is that she was a cook at the camp and that jason was deformed or mentally retarded or um he was disfigured and, and slow and and he wasn't a very strong swimmer and he fell in the lake and drowned and all the other counselors were getting high and having sex right which is why, so, yeah. So a year later, she takes her revenge and kills the counselors and yada, yada, yada. Um, and then Jason, this is when it gets like ridiculous. Jason never, didn't really die. He, but he witnessed his mom getting her head cut off at the end of the film. That's how she died. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. It's, it came out in 19 fucking 80, guys. Come on. Um, and then he witnesses that grows up years later or, or is already grown up. And then like, I'm like, that's the whole thing. I'm like, if he was growing up, why did he just go to his mom and be like, Hey mom, like it's all good. I didn't drown. I'm actually like a, 
hillbilly living in the woods, like, it's all good. Like, that's where it's like, uh, okay, but whatever. So, that's when him taking his revenge and, and whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thank you for the, the history lesson, because honestly, you know I don't know those movies, so sincerely, thank you for the, the details. But if if you're interested in what we're talking about, and we've mentioned this before, all of Fumes' streams are VOD on Facebook. So if this sounds intriguing to you and you haven't been interested in the Super Mario Maker stuff that I've mentioned before, go to Fumes Gaming. It's F-U-M-Z Gaming on Facebook, and there's like four hours of him playing this game. Now, you don't have to watch all four hours if you don't want to, but I'm sure he would appreciate it if you went and checked it out. And it really was kind of fun watching him play this one and it's one of the few i've got to watch live which was fun for me so especially since it's not a really a franchise that you're interested in, which is interesting because uh uh friday 13th mostly is set in new jersey right right well and and i think we talked about that also part of the uh halloween movies based out of jersey or based on jersey isn't it the the town of Haddonfield is inspired by the city of Haddonfield in New Jersey. Right. It's actually set in Illinois. Right. No, no, I know that, but I'm saying like the inspiration, like you said, that's right. what I meant. Um, uh, so Deborah Hill was from New Jersey. That's, right. That's what I think we got into that when we did the episode. Like we we actually looked that up. If I recall. Wait, when did we ever talk about Halloween? Are you uh, saying that you've seen Halloween and you loved it, or are you about to tell me something that I don't know? No, I saw it and hated it, if you recall. You sack of shit. Um, anyway, that said, anyway. well, I mean, and being that the only Jason movie I've ever seen is Friday Ver- Freddy vs. Jason. So that's the only one of those I've ever, of either one of them, either one of the franchises is the only one I've seen. Yeah. So. Well, maybe, maybe play, watching, uh, Fumes play enough might inspire to at least watch, like, the first two or three. Maybe I did it more just to watch what to see what it was about. Like if it was stupid, I probably would have killed it early. But it was actually because you know what it reminded me of a little bit of like a Resident Evil type of thing. Even though it was Friday the Thirteenth, mm. but it had like a Resident Evil, Silent Hill kind of vibe to it, and that's what kept me interested. So even though it's not a franchise, I'm thrilled. You know or enthralled with. I I was intrigued by the style of gameplay. Speaking of video games, didn't, didn't you uh, get a couple uh, games oh, back? Yeah, well, yeah, I've got a couple more games back from my list, um, but I specifically wanted to talk about one of them, and that was when I got back the Uncharted... Um, shit, which one? It's not Uncharted 4. It was like a spin-off one with the girls, which is a really good game, by the way, and I'm sorry I'm forgetting the name, but... The Uncharted shit. I love it. No. <laughs> um, hey, Deb, what's that Uncharted game up there? The one that I just got back. Can you read me the title, please? It should be like one of the top ones on the pile there. The Lost Legacy. Thank you. Um, and what it does is it takes the the two girls from Uncharted 1 and... Or no, 2 and four and puts them in a game together and they're they're your protagonist so it's not nathan drake like if you've played the uncharted series it's not nathan drake i I think i played the first one first one's okay the second one is the best one in the series by a a large margin um Mm -hmm. so if you get the chance to play that rico i recommend it highly um aren't they making a movie i've heard that but i don't know i don't know i think i think tom holland is is playing nathan drake 
He's a little short for that role, but okay, I'd I'd watch. I would I would have gone Nathan Fillion personally. I yeah, I would agree with you there, but he might be a little old for the role too. Um, anyway, and plus if they're trying to make if they're gonna make multiple movies, you want a younger actor. I mean, nothing against Nathan Fillion, but I think from an age perspective, Holland will give them more options. Anyway, that said, the the woman that I bought that from, so the last couple games I bought, I got, or I replaced, I should say, I got them off the Facebook Marketplace, which honestly is kind of worked out for me in terms of getting not only good prices, but good quality. Like, all the games have been clean, they've been, you know, they're not scratched up, they're, they're set up good. The one woman, and I know her name, but I don't think she'd want me to say it, so I'm not going to. The way... We did the transaction, and I guess this was for her peace of mind. She put the game on her porch, and I put the money under her doormat. And then I guess she went and got the money after I left with the game. So, whatever. And that's fine. I'm not saying anything negative about that. But her doormat was a Marvel Comics doormat. So it had Iron Man and Thor, and and it wasn't movies. It was old-school comic-style drawings and go look at animation shit yeah 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 exactly so i sent her a message saying hey i got the game because i wanted her to know that i was the one that took it off the porch and not some random person walking down the street that i actually got the game so i sent her a message saying hey i got the game but i love your doormat that's awesome and i said if you if you're into that kind of stuff, you might like my podcast. And I told her about Pot Askew and I left it at that. So I don't know if she's listening. I know who you are. You hopefully know who you are. I'm not going to say your name because I don't know if you'd want that information public like that. So I'm going to respect that. But if you did check out the show, I hope you're still listening and I hope you're enjoying it. And thank you for getting me my game back because that was a huge help. So Even though I don't know... Any of, of of who the fuck this is, thank you as well for me. Yeah, no, well, you've been a big help in getting me this stuff back too, Rico. You championed it on Twitter, as we talked about before, and and I can happily say I'm down to five games. So, Spe- speaking of me championing shit on Twitter, you see all those limericks I did? Yes, I did see them. By the way, thank you for the one about me. It 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 was nice. I appreciate it. I don't know where the fuck it came from. I think it may have been inspired a little bit by Bette Midler. Bette Midler is always like <laughs> what? doing rhyme. Bear, bear with me. Bette Midler is always doing rhymes and poems against Donald Trump. Okay. I, and and like Mitch McConnell and shit like that. And I wasn't trying to like copy her. I just hmm. I wonder if I, I've always loved a good limerick. I mean, we we know the classic. You know, there once was a man from Nantucket. Like right. The whole, so I was like, hmm, what can I do with Donald Trump? And then I sort of did one, and I'm like, all right, that wasn't bad. Let me see if I can... I think it was also a combination. I've, I've been playing this fucking um, this game on, on my tablet that is basically a word game. It's sort of like the crossword puzzle. You have to find words and, like, you know, drag, them, drag the words on the thing. Okay. Find, find, it's finding the hidden words, and you have to do, you have to go forwards and backwards to find certain words it's like a word search more than a crossword puzzle yeah basically yeah um and i've been like obsessed with that so like i've been having all these words just fucking in my head and uh i decided to put take a stab at limericks and uh sent some out to i sent one out to stephen king sent one out to mark hamill did two for ralph garvin 
Yeah. Um, one for Eddie Pence, one for Kevin Smith. Uh, and then uh, I did one for Maddie Granger. did one for April yesterday or the day before yesterday. I think it was the day before. Yeah. Um, did one for you, obviously. Did one for Steph. Steph turned the tables and did one for me. I thought that was sweet of her. I don't think I saw that one. Uh, uh, it's it's super romantic. Has no, it's not all oh. funny. Yeah. Uh, if I can even find it, but there were. It's funny you I, mentioned the man from Nantucket one though, because I mentioned to a, a colleague at work that you're doing. You know, he he knows of the show. I don't think he listens regularly, but he he knows of the show and he knows what our basic concept is. And I told him you were doing the limericks and. He goes, who the fuck do you think he is, Andrew Dice Clay? I'm like, no, no, he's not. He's not going like dirty like that. But well, I there was a couple I kind of was like going a little dirty, but not like you little Miss Buffett, Santa Tuffet. Oh, hey, right, oh. yeah, yeah. You weren't you weren't going for dice. You might have had similar you know things, but you weren't going for dice. Jack be nimble. Jack be quick. Jack burn off his fucking dick. Oh, oh, jeez. Um. Uh, by the way, I, <laughs> I made myself laugh. I hear that. I I want to apologize to our listeners. We're seeming to having some technical difficulty. We've been trying to work through it. I wasn't going to mention it, but we can't seem to beat it. So I apologize if you're getting some weird noises. It's it's just me masturbating in the background. That's all you hear. That's what the clicking is. I I thought that's what it was, but I couldn't tell for sure. I'm, I, that's why I haven't seen my hands for the past 45 minutes. Yeah, right? Considering we've only been recording for 30, I want to know what you were doing for the 15 minutes before. Um, hey, man, I'm just glad I can go 45 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right? Um, anyway, All right. I don't know it how we transition into yeah. our into our topic now, you know, tastefully. There's no, look, tastefully, dude, you can't go for masturbation and taste without being dirty. So... Uh, what are we talking about? Tom Hanks. <laughs> That's right. We're talking yeah. about fucking Tom Hanks today. Um, and I think the main reason why is because why not? Tom Hanks is a fucking national treasure. He's from Oakland. The I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, <laughs> I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. For me, so I could be proud of that. Well, um, according to this, he's from Concord. No, I don't know if that's yeah, here. Yeah, but he grew up in, uh, in Oakland. He was born in Concord, which is like 10, 15 minutes away from Oakland. But he went he to said, Skyline High. He went to Oakland. I think he, yeah, he went yeah, to Skyline. He, You're right. It says he, he grew up in Red Bluff. I don't know what Red Bluff is. It's, but he, I knew he, he oh, frequented no, Berkeley and Oakland a lot. 
That's where his mom lived. I'm sorry. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't say where he was, but you said he went to Sky. Excuse yeah. me, Skyline, and that does say that here. So, yeah, he, we have a, at the video room. We have a little section, uh, films of local interest of so stuff set or filmed in the Bay Area, and then right next to it is Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is go- gets his own little shelf. Sure. And you know, Tom Hanks is just that dude where he is an incredibly talented actor in most mediums. Like he is very yeah. funny. He is very dramatic. He all one of my favorite things of Tom Hanks is that whenever he is thinking, he he is the best actor at just looking like he's thinking about something. As far as right, he always has this kind of far off look, and he's thinking about something intently. But he does it so well. You know what I mean? Like that's that's his yeah. Um, which by the way, two quick things I want to just say, and then we'll move on. First off. I never want people not to listen to Potterskew. However, he did a full-length interview with Kevin Pollack on Kevin Pollack's podcast called the Kevin Pollack Chat Show, and it's a really good episode. Like, because he's pretty candid on that one. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't sound like a radio interview. Like, he's very laid back. He's very honest. Not that I feel like he's not honest otherwise, but in this particular one, he's very candid about certain things and Kevin's not afraid to ask him questions about things not like racy or anything like that but like you know maybe things you wouldn't ask in a normal radio interview when you're doing more of a long format like we're doing you know like we did with Eddie last week you know you you can ask those kind of questions so that's a really good interview the other thing I want to say about Tom because this is really going to mean more to me than than you I think but he is the a, a board member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and is mm. very involved with the yearly um, induction ceremony and the subsequent concert and HBO special that comes out every year to honor the inductees. And he's very involved, as well as the 25th anniversary of the Hall concert that was a two-day concert that ultimately got released on Blu-ray as well. And it's like six hours of music. It's amazing. I love it. Um, Yeah. And especially the Costa Rica, I don't, I don't know how much of it you would like, but they do some interesting things where they take um, genres that you wouldn't expect to play together and blend them together. So like at one point you have Mick Jagger, Fergie, and you two playing songs together. Which That's is an interesting uh, lineup. It, it was, but it played really well. Do you know what I mean? Like they were all really good combinations. They all played well. You had a Lou Reed with Metallica. Um, Ooh, which, Reed. yeah. Now that was really good. Unfortunately, the subsequent Lulu album that they recorded was not so good. We won't talk about that because they did do an album together called Lulu right before Lou Reed died and. Sadly, there were some jokes that that's what killed him. Uh, I don't, I know that had nothing to do with it, but people made that joke because it came out not real long before he passed away. And right. it was critically and commercially not well received. So <laughs> it, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but that said, the, co- the concert's really good, Rico. It's, it, if you get the chance to check it out, I'd recommend that. But he's, he's so involved with the Hall of Fame and he's so involved with, rock and roll music and it it means a lot to me that he's that in involved and and what 
spawned it to get to his his um movie career was his involvement with that thing you do. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of what got him started on it because I think his first year as a board member was the year that movie came out. That's what eighty nine or something. No, I think when you do his nineties. Easy. Is it? Yeah. I. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I, there is a trick. My ninety six for that okay. thing you do. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was way off. Yeah. Um, there is a there is a transition where you see like young Tom Hanks, the sort of comedic actor. Yeah. You know, from from like bosom buddies, big um, bachelor party, bachelor party, and then boom, Tom Hanks, the actor. He looks differently. He doesn't look as young. His eyes aren't as narrow. I think. Right. He, he he looks fuller and he looks more mature. Not to say young Tom Hanks isn't amazing as well. Sure. I mean, Big is... Do you know, like, they originally wanted Robert De Niro for Big? That wouldn't have worked. I'm sorry. Right? De, Niro, De Niro's got comedy chops. I don't want to take that away from De Niro, but... No, but not as a child. He doesn't have. I I don't even know if Robert De Niro had a childhood. <laughs> he was just created as man. Yeah, he was just like he was born. And he's like, oh yo, how you? What are you gonna do? Huh? What are you gonna do? And they're like, oh my god, his first words like, what do you use? What do you say to me? Like, just a grown. Ass. The yeah. only thing that hadn't uh, had materialized when he was a baby was his mole. Then when he like hit puberty, the more could you could you see De Niro doing the shimmy 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 cocoa pop shimmy shimmy ride like that wouldn't have worked. Shimmy shimmy cocoa pop, huh? (laughs) No, no, no. Would have been Uh, awful. Um, yeah, it would have been bad. And and I'm glad Penny Marshall didn't go for it because that wouldn't have worked. Or was that her idea? Was De Niro her idea? I think it was when I think Spielberg was involved in in the writing process. He was originally going to direct Big. And I think he was kind of like optioning out like who who should play who and blah 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 blah. And then and De Niro wanted to do it. And then they were like, this is because I think it was going to be a straightforward dramatic movie. Right. It was not going to be funny in any way. And then they were like, why the fuck is a kid like this is such a dour movie of a kid Having just to be an adult. What's so fucking great about that? Every kid has to grow up. Let's show a kid, a, a, a man still holding on to his childhood. That's that's what the movie's really about. Yeah. But Tom Hanks is fucking brilliant in it. Um, 100% be- like you believe he is a kid. I, I love the fact, like, I would, like, read trivia, like, Do- Tom Hanks hung out with the kid who's supposed to be his friend and, like, yeah. And watch like the young actor who played young Josh, and would say, "How would you do this line?" How I heard that too. Yeah, but like he went full on uh, extra mile and like played video games and toys with kids. He he went method, but in the best possible way. Like yeah, he he went method without like going into school. You know, he wasn't like, "I'm thirty and I'm going to go into uh, you know seventh grade again." Right. Well, and so, believe it or not, though, that and and myself included, I thought that was his first movie, and it's not and his first starring role, and it's not by a long shot. He's had some pretty. It was, his, it was his big break. Oh, for sure. But 
he well, let's be fair. His big break really was bosom buddies. That's his big break in terms of becoming an actor and people knowing his name. His movie big break, no pun intended, is big. Yeah, but right, I'll give you that. But I mean, like he's in Splash. Prior to that, Splash was before Big eighty four. Oh, you're he's right. In... Splash, Splash probably helped. Splash helped him out a lot, especially with him uh, co-starring with like John Candy. Like, right. Well, and... no, but there's there's a couple big ones in this. He's in Bachelor Party before that. That's also eighty four. Um, the Man with One Red Shoe. That one I'm not so familiar with. Volunteers is another one I'm not very familiar with. But then he's in the Money Pit in 86 before Big. Okay. And then um, Nothing in Common. What? Nothing. Oh, I've seen Nothing in Common's good. I haven't seen that. I haven't. I never even heard of it, to be honest with you. It's him and Jackie Gleason and their father and son. And they don't get along. And all about like how he has to help take care. I can kind of relate to it. He has to kind of take care of his dad. (laughs) And his dad is just this old curmudgeon, and you know he, they just don't have a good relationship. And then them finally getting to know each other at sort of the end of the father's life. And then there's every time we say goodbye, which I've never heard of. Never even heard of it. Dragnet. Oof. And then Big, like he played all those roles before Big. So a couple of them not so, but like the Money Pit, um, Bachelor Party, Splash. Those are like. Three, you know. If I remember, Dragnet did not make much money. No, I think he. But, I think he was kind of like. I remember reading like I think his career. He was worried his career was like over before it even began, and then he got lucky with Splash, and then Big made it like big. Right. Yeah. Which it for a 1980 movie, and a lot of them do, but that one holds up better than a lot of the 80s movies. Would you agree? Um, I don't know if it would, I mean, it definitely holds up despite 80s, 90s, or 2000s. I think it's still a classic you watch anytime. I don't think you can make that movie now. Why? Because Shazam basically already did that. Oh, well, okay, but I'm, 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 I'm saying there, there is more technological toys. It's not kids. I don't really see kids playing with toys anymore. I see them playing with their phones and having toys that are more electronic instead of Legos or action figures. And without deep diving the movie itself, the funny thing that's interesting, if you recall, the toy that he pitches towards the end of the movie before he goes back to being a child Mm -hmm. is basically a tablet. It's a tablet with a game on it. Essentially, yeah. if you recall, yeah. it's a comic book. The it's a choose your own adventure comic book. Essentially, is what he's pitching. Yeah, they probably have those on the iPad. I just don't play them, but they probably I'm, exist. Oh, I'm sure. Um, they did make a movie called Little, which was basically big in reverse. Is that didn't that just come out like recently? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we have it at work, but it's 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 essentially the same plot, but in reverse. And it's uh, it's females, if I recall, isn't it? It's it's female. It's African American. It's basically just doing everything, the whole fucking aspect in reverse. Yeah. I mean, I it's it's been renting, but I haven't seen it. Like, it looks interesting enough, where I'm like, maybe I'll see it. 
But it's the same thing of like, instead of what women want, let's do what men want, which also came out the same year. Right. So, which I didn't see that either, but I do like what women want. I think that's a funny movie. Yeah. Um, going down to more of his, his, he then had a couple of, I don't want to call them stinkers, but comparatively speaking, you know? Okay. Well, you had, um, well, Punchline I've never heard of. Um, I know the Burbs did well, but I don't know that that was like a Tom Hanks thing. That was more because of Candy, right? Then, because wasn't John Candy in that movie? I know, I never saw the Burbs. I know it's a dark comedy. That's all I know. Right. And then he does Turner and Hooch. Which that, that did receive a lot of good. Like, Turner and Hooch was a hit for him. See, but according to the wiki, that's considered to be one of his flops. Believe but it not. was, but a lot of people, it still has a big cult following. Well, sure. The, a the audiences his, loved it, but it, it, it didn't make enough money. A couple of his movies are like that. Like, The Money Pit, at the time, I don't think did very well for him, but that's got a pretty big now following. That's that's what I'm saying. He was worried that his career was already, like, you know, in the shitter before it was, um, as it was starting. Then you have Turner and Hooch. Well, I said that already. I'm sorry. Uh, Joe versus the Volcano. That bombed. The Bonfire of the Vanities. I thought that did all right, though. Never saw it. No. Um, he's got an uncredited role in Radio Flyer. Never saw it. And that's 92. And then and then he turns his career back around, and it's never really, like, turned off since then. Right. Because League of Their Own. So, if you think about it, Penny Marshall saved his career twice. True. He was family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, Geico makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Trying to ruin his own career, and Penny Marshall said, What are you doing? Let's fix this. Oh, stop. Don't be... Don't do that. She sounded like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, League of Their Own, if you recall during our sports conversation that you hated, um, our sports movie I conversation. Never, no, I, I never. I, I, if I remember, I said I never re. I never rewatch it. So I no, no. You hated the conversation, not the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I tend to hate any conversation. Yeah, especially when you have to talk to me, which is sad because you do it every week. But that said, um, that movie is really good, and it showed him for the first time that I can recall in a non-likable character. Yeah, he's a prick. And he's supposed to be, you know. Yeah. But there's redemption even for that character by the end of the movie, if you recall. Mm-hmm. There's so, no crying at baseball! Um, he... He really did a, an amazing job. Like one of my favorite scenes, and I, it's going to be hard to describe. And unfortunately, it's a it's a visual gag, so that doesn't work very well on a podcast. But to your point of the, there's no crying in baseball. That's when he's yelling at one of one of his players for not throwing the ball where she should have, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's several games later, and she does it again. And instead of yelling at her, he's just sitting there with this look on his face. He's like. Just shaking and 
you can tell what he wants to do, and he's like <laughs> losing his mind, but he can't flip out again because he got thrown out of the game the last time because he, the ump gave him a hard time, and he told the ump he looked like a penis with the ear with a little hat on. So mm-hmm. it, it, I don't know. That movie just holds up for me, dude. I love that movie. Well, that's the other great thing about Tom Hanks is that he he delivers a line very well, but he also is such a great visual performer. Like he really is, yeah. Like so many fucking things in Big, where he like like the part where he sees the little carrot at the, at the party. Oh no, it's a little corn. The ba- baby. Oh, corn. you're right. The, ba- the baby corn, and he eats it. Like, like like a real corn, corn like yeah. nibbling on it, and then he puts it down, and then like someone gives him caviar, and he just like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of funny. I do remember he he had this look of pure childish innocence. He really, you would have thought a kid was playing the role, and he yeah. did yeah. And whenever like other actors have done something like it, like Robin Williams in Jack. It works. Robin Williams is another actor who played a child very well. It just was not a movie as good as big. I I liked Jack because when I saw it, I was a kid. It's Robin Williams and it's Robin Williams being a kid. Well, Um, to be fair, though, Robin Williams is or was a a kid all the way through. Like, with all respect to Tom Hanks, he had to kind of learn how to be a kid for that role. Robin Williams... He's just a big fucking kid. Always was. Ron, Ron Williams was just a giant kid who also happened to do cocaine. <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. Copious he, amounts he of the, it. He was the kid around the corner that, like, hey, you want to buy some coke? Let's go. And then we'll go, we can go play video games afterwards. You're like, I'm good. Yeah. Tom Hanks was like, uh, you want to play like Jax or something? <laughs> Um, we don't need to list off every movie he did, but what I find interesting is his next movie was Sleepless in Seattle, right? Uh, you know what? I, I got a, I have a soft spot for Sleepless in Seattle. Well, and that's interesting. I'm kind of glad you said that because I could have sworn the next movie he did, when I'm wrong, was You Got Mail, which is basically the same fucking movie. And I like sort that of, one. Yeah. And I like that one so much more than Sleepless in Seattle. And it's not that I don't like Sleepless in Seattle. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't like it. But comparatively speaking, I like You've Got Mail substantially better. I think because I've seen You've Got Mail far less than Sleepless in Seattle. I've seen Sleepless in Seattle a dozen times. I've seen You've Got Mail maybe twice in my life. Now, real quick, irony, that's... The exact opposite for me. Right. So. Um, I had a feeling you were going to say something. And, I, and ultimately, that's probably the reason why. For me, what kills me about Sleepless, it's not the romance of him and Meg Ryan. Because, personally, I think Meg Ryan's character is kind of awful. Her character is kind of awful in that movie. In, in Sleepless in Seattle. Because she is right. obsessed with this widowed dad. Because she, because she listened to his kid on the radio. And then, like, stalks him. And then kind of, like, fucks up her own relationship that she's in the middle of having. To It's, it's such a... It's, it's a great romantic comedy unless you think about it. But right. for me, what kills it is the relationship between Tom Hanks and his son. I think the kid 
and he have a great chemistry. And also the kid with his uh, friend played by, um, I think her name is Gabby Hoffman. I want to say her name is. I can knock. She's done a bunch of other child shit. Um, she was also in uh, recently on the show Girls. Um, they have a good chemistry. But what, really, the, the scene that kills me is when Tom Hanks and, um, oh, fuck, what's his name? He's the dude from Alias, and he was also in Titanic. His name was Victor Garber. That's who it yep. is. He's here. Victor Garber, Victor Garber plays his friend, and I think Rita Wilson, who's Tom Hanks's wife, yep, plays Victor Garber's wife, and they're talking about the movie and a fair to remember, which I had never seen, but Stephanie uh, showed it to me six months ago or so. It's it is a good movie, and it's it's a romantic movie, and it ends on such tragedy where. Spoilers for a movie that's 70 fucking years old. Deborah Kerr, car, fuck, they do the same thing at Sleepless, uh, gets hit by a car. Which she's supposed to meet up with her, the love of her life that she met on a cruise. And she doesn't make it to the meeting because she's, you know, in a wheelchair. He goes to give her some shit at her apartment but say, why the fuck were you never there? realizes that she's in a wheelchair and she's trying to hide it. She's not in a wheelchair. She's like laying on the couch and her, there's a blanket on. She's trying to pretend that she's... I'm describing it badly, but that's the movie that they're talking about when they're all in uh, the kitchen or the dining room talking. And, she, and Rita Wilson's crying, talking about this sad movie. And then Tom Hanks and Richard Garber are like, you know what drives me so upset is when they're what, were you in The Godfather when when Sonny Corleone gets shot, riddled, like, oh God, stop, stop bringing up Sonny Corleone dying, and, and how they're making fun of her crying over a romantic movie, and they're pretending to cry over like stereotypical action, you know, movie. That yeah. that's the scene that kills me. Um, that's a very it. appropriate response. Um, well, no, I'm sorry. Um, we're still dealing with that technical difficulty, and it's getting worse um but i i genuinely thought those were like back-to-back movies until i'm sitting here looking at the thing today i thought they were back-to-back movies and there's quite a few of his biggest hits in between those two movies i think there's two oscar winners in the middle of them yes there are it's not think you're 100 percent right that's the difference he went sleepless in seattle went and won two oscars and then made you've got mail I think he won three, actually. He's won before. two. Two. What's that? Best actor. He's won two. Okay. I thought, because he, because, okay, so Philadelphia is the next movie. Yeah. Then there's Forrest Gump and Apollo oh, 13. I thought he won yeah. stuff for all three of those. I, he only won, he's only, he's the only, uh, he won consecutively. He's, he has like the first actor since like Jimmy Stewart, I think. To have done that, but uh, no. As far as I know, there's only won two Oscars. I think the uh, I think the male the male record I think is uh, three. I think it's Daniel Day Lewis. Okay, well you're right. He's only won two. He's been nominated five times for what it's worth. Yeah. and in usually by when he's directed by usually by Spielberg. But he, which two do you think he won? Because I think you might have them wrong, or I had them wrong. He won Best Actor for Philadelphia, won Best Actor for Forrest Gump. Okay, no, you're right. 
I thought you were going to say Apollo over one of them. So no. Um, um, he's been nominated five times. Do you want to guess the five, or do you know the five? Well, are we including Forrest Gump and Philadelphia? Yes, including as well? the wins. Yeah. Okay, so there's two. Yeah. Um, I would say catch me if you can for like best supporting no. character. No. No. Okay. Oh no no um, we're talking. Hold on, let me make sure I hear something real quick before you. These are all best actor. None of them are anything but. Okay, one of them has got to be Saving Private Ryan. Yep. Okay. Which I've never seen, uh, believe it or not. You, you need to, you need to see at least the opening scene. It's you know, and it's not that I don't want to see it. I've just never been in a position to do so. Honestly, it's a brutal film. It's it's I've a brutal that. film, but. But it is a great who's who of actors like I know. young Vin Diesel, isn't it? Yep. I've seen clips and things, and I know I know that even though he's not like a classic actor, like but apparently Donnie Wahlberg did a really good job from New Kids on the Block, and he's been in a bunch of other movies too, but he's in that movie. I know he is because I've Wal- seen it. Okay, I think he, I thought Donnie Wahlberg was in like Band of Brothers, which I don't know. Was a show that Tom Hansen Spielberg did. I thought he was in. Okay, maybe you might be right, but I know that, and then I I know who the I know who Private Ryan is, but that's supposed. Well, I guess at this point it's not a secret, but it was at a time who played him. It was Matt Damon, right? But here's the other thing: and throughout the film, they're trying to find Private Ryan, right? Because this, like they, like this woman's, all of her other sons have died. So they're trying to find one last, like the last son to give this woman some fucking peace of mind. So not all their sons die in, in World War II. Right. They find another Tom Ryan and it's played by Nathan Fillion, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's three that two he won, three was nominated. Um, so you got two, two more. Are the other two recent? I'm not answering that. Okay. What was Castaway? Yep. Okay. So the other one. Uh, okay. This is Stab in the Dark. Maybe I'll win. Uh, Saving Mr. Banks? No. But I do love that I, movie. We'll get to that. No. Um, I don't. Okay. I, well, well, let me try one more. Let me try one more guess. Um, I don't think you're going to get it. And that's not a shot at you. But I wouldn't have guessed this. That's why. But try. Green Mile. No. And all. Ah! All of them, Rico. To, to to in your defense, all of those great guesses because he was amazing in all of those. It was big. He was nominated for big. Really? That's so yeah. that was his first nomination. It was. Yeah. Okay. And, and, re- deservingly so. Sure. To be fair. Yeah, absolutely. And and to to my argument, do you remember the argument I've always told you about? If you win the Golden Globe, you don't get the Oscar. Remember, I've had he won the Golden Globe for big that year, <laughs> and did not win the Oscar. So I'm uh, just saying. <laughs> now, to be fair, he did win both for Forrest Gump and Philadelphia. So I mean, if we're you know going to get into the specifics, but and talk about a fucking wide range of a best actor wins that are 100 percent different from each other. Oh, sure, yeah. Like, when was the last time you saw both of those films? Which ones? Both of those films. Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. Okay. I've never seen Philadelphia. Believe it or not. 
Um, uh, no, I believe it because you tend to like not watch shit that has anything to do with where you fuck you live. It was. There's a couple reasons why I didn't see it. Okay, one of which, honestly, is it's. it's I know it's heavy, and I'm not real he- big into heavy movies. You know, um, except you see a lot of heavy movies. Yeah, but not that kind of heavy. The other thing is. As we talked about on that one episode that I'm, I'm hesitant to bring up, there was a right. time when I was kind of homophobic, and I was in that window of time in my life when that movie right. came out, and he's an openly gay character who has AIDS, and I'm not saying, oh, I'm glad he died or anything like that, or that's what I was thinking even then, because I wasn't, but I... I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. Just didn't care, so I I I knew you were gonna bring something. I knew that was gonna be a reason that you were just kind of like I would have probably argue it's not like oh well I'm homophobic therefore I'm not gonna watch it. It was just like I have no interest. I mean, right, that's not- that's really what it was. It wasn't even about being homophobic. It was just I didn't care. I didn't have any right. interest in it. So now since you've grown substantially, yeah. Um, I would say you 100% need to see Philadelphia. And it's let me let me let me, let me explain why. Yeah, Denzel Washington is amazing from what I heard. They they both are. Denzel Washington. They're both lawyers. So the premise is is that Tom Hanks is a lawyer. I think it's based on a true story, isn't it? I think it's inspired by an actual event or or something similar. Yeah, but like it, it sort of got under the rug, and they were like, "No, we need to make this a thing." Yeah, um, <laughs> especially especially in you know 1993 when it happened because things are very different than they are now. Well, it was also a response because uh, Jonathan Demi, who yep. directed it, yep, uh, also had directed Silence of the Lambs the year before. Okay, and he got a lot of controversy from the uh, LGBTQ because um, oh, because of Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. Yeah. And so he said, okay, I need to do something. I don't, but he still got criticism for this film, just not from the gay community. He got criticism from the homophobic conservatives. Like, how could you make a movie about faggots? Like, dude, fuck, fuck off. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah basically yeah. what it means is you can't fucking please everybody. Uh, and I apologize for, for that word. It was a, you were, a impression yeah. of a, of a fucking bigot. So I, right, I, right, right, right. Um, Hey, real the point quick, of it is just scanning mm-hmm. through it. I can't confirm or deny that it's based on something. So if it is, it's not talked about. We'll put it that way. Fair enough. Um, the 
Tom Hanks's character Andrew Beckett, uh, his his um, the law partners that own the firm that he works for find out that he has AIDS, and they sabotage his sabotage him. They there's this important document that he had spent all night writing, sets it on his desk, and then they take the file and hide it. So it looks like he's incompetent because they can't fire him for having for being gay and having AIDS. Right. Firing him for incompetence. He says it's bullshit. They sabotage it. And he, he hires the lawyer played by Denzel Washington that he was a, he opposed early in the film. They were against each other of, of, a, of a case. Denzel Washington is super homophobic. I was just going to say, according to the, the write up I'm looking at, he, his character was homophobic. Very homophobic. And to watch his character change. Rec- change dramatically and you believe the change it's not a forced like denzel i don't um amend enough i think he's a phenomenal actor i do think he kind of falls in certain tropes of that's that's exactly what denzel washington would do like you expect certain Hmm. levels of acting um but he's still always entertaining this is a movie where you believe the genuinely that he is opening his eyes and, Hmm. and opening the realization and I would say, because you went through that process, you you went from being homophobic to being more curious and, and, and more accepting, and then just basically saying, I was wrong. That's the best thing that you could do, is that you said, I was wrong. I oh, was I totally was wrong. wrong. And I'm, yeah, I'm 100% on the other side of it now at this point. I, as, as I think I mentioned a few episodes ago, I have a friend who's transitioning currently, right. and right. I'm... 100% in support of his transition. So, um I think you should see it just because you yeah. can you could maybe identify plus it is set in Philly. I mean, it's yes. high time you watch something that wasn't rocky <laughs> to fucking like set in Philly. You know, I feel like there's something you know? else I've seen but I can't think of it and I'm not talking about Creed because that's to, as far as I'm concerned no. that's part of Rocky, but yeah. Well, you're not you haven't watched uh it's always sunny in Philadelphia either. Yeah, I've seen an episode of it. I have watched an episode. You need to you need to watch it. Like it, it's it would be the equivalent of something that like like if there was a really groundbreaking movie set in Oakland that like I'm like right. no, nah, I don't feel like watching well, it. Like no, you really need to see it. Black Panther, sort of. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. the same type um, of like. Eh. Um, but then you go on to Forrest Gump right after Philadelphia. I mean, that's back to back like. Hello, my name's Forrest, Forrest Gump. Yeah, I I love the movie, but I have heard the criticisms of its historical yeah. inaccuracy in some instances. Oh, not, of course. And, and not just because I put Forrest in, but there's some parts of it that are like, uh, that didn't happen that way, <laughs> you know. Um, oh, there's a lot that didn't happen, like. Like the John Lennon on the Dick Cavett show or whatever. Well, I think John Lennon was actually on a Dick Cavett show. I just don't think that, you know. But Forrest wasn't like giving him inspiration for Imagine. Right. And well, just like the um, Have a Nice Day t-shirt, you know, when he's running. Right. You know. Um, But even some of the like, like, I think the the speech that on the, the reflecting pool at the Washington Monument. Oh, well, with the fucking dude, like, you know, won't be a fucking man. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I didn't know that was a real dude, actually. I had to figure out that was a real life dude who was always screaming and saying fuck. 
Right, but as I recall, I don't think he ever spoke at the reflecting pool. Like, I don't think that speech ever took place. Probably not. Um, um, things like that. So, but as a whole, and, and while there are some historical inaccuracies, as a snapshot over a, what, 30-year window of time, yeah. you know, it's, it's an interesting it's way to look... It's never fully clear how long of a. I guess it's because Forrest is in the same guy when he's not in the army. He's in the same goddamn outfit every fucking day, basically. Yeah, but you can kind of, based on certain events, time frame it out. You know what I the mean? Music, like the music, especially you can. Yes, but not even the music. Just like the fact that he got drafted. And he wouldn't have been drafted until he was 18, so you can kind of put a year there. You know when Vietnam ended, you can kind of put a... Even though he wasn't there at the sure. end of the war, you can still kind of put a a window there. Do you know what I mean? Sure. You can put a... You can... You can... When Jenny... Like, actually, I can tell you for a fact, like, when Jenny almost jumps off the building, that's got to be, like, 74. You know, that's a pretty mm-hmm. clear... Or it's easily the early 70s. Do you know what I mean? Like that's sure. You know, so you can you can look at that kind of stuff and and at least time frame it. You may not have an exact like 1972, but you can say, you know, early 70s, mid 70s, early 60s, you know, whatever. And I would say it probably ends around like 85. That would 85 86 somewhere in that window. Yeah, that yeah. that would have been my, Dur- my during guess. during the AIDS at the beginning of the AIDS epidemic, I would say. I I would even go as far as to say maybe eighty nine it could have ended, yeah. but that's that's the like top. It's eighty nine right. is where it stops. But his portrayal of that role all the way through is, you know it you know, I think it's easily probably his most quoted movie. I think one hundred percent. I mean there are some that are close, like Toy Story has a lot of quotes I'm sure come out of it, but True. But Forrest Gump probably still, you know, it's probably like Forrest Gump Castaway? Wilson? Well, there's a couple of quotes, but yes, that one because there's the fire, I think, is used a lot, you know, when he makes fire the first time, you know. Look what I have created! Right. Fire! Right, you know, that kind of stuff. Um... Which leads into that movie, because Apollo 13, as good as he is in that movie, I feel like that's not, (sighs) he's the starring role, but I feel like him, Bill Paxton, Kevin Bacon, and Gary Sinise are pretty much on the same level in terms of the importance in that movie. I, you know, I've only seen the movie once. I think I saw it on, yeah, I've only, I think I saw it on VHS when I was a kid. I never owned a copy of it. Like, I think when my cousin was watching it, I was like eight, nine, twelve, like 10 years old. Right. Something like that. I was just like, what's this? Is that Forrest? That's not, what's going on? <laughs> like, but that, that was, to go back to Forrest for one second. Yeah. Forrest Gump was, to me, an adult kids movie in a weird way. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can see you, that. You can, you can watch it as a little kid, be entertained by what's going on, and then, when you're older, realizing, holy shit, he totally like came in his pants when like Jenny made him touch his, t- made him touch her boob, or that his mother totally fucked the principal of the school to get him into the school. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, there's certain certain things that you probably should not be showing a child, but they're so subdued that it doesn't have like a negative impact on the child. My dad loves that movie, and when I can see that <laughs> when we were, when we were watching it one time, um, he spoiler to fucking Forrest Gump as per usual. Hey, Jenny dies. 20, 21-year-old movie at this point. Right. Or no, 20, actually, it's 25 years this year. Oh, well, happy anniversary for Forrest Gump. Yeah. Um, Jenny dies, and right. Forrest is talking to Jenny's grave underneath a tree. Um, and he's giving a tearful, like, you know, yep. little little Forrest is doing very good. He's, you know, he he's... He's learning about, he's so smart, Jenny. I'm so proud of him. And I was watching with dad one time and dad is super hard of hearing. And he turns to me and his eyes are full of tears. And he says, what did he say? Oh God. He, he couldn't hear and understand what for like, what did, what did he say? I'm like, he said, I'll miss you, Jenny. Oh geez. <laughs> the funny thing about that is that the kid who played young Forrest yeah. in the beginning actually spoke like that so tom hanks based the forrest gump speech mannerisms on that kid He's oh like, how uh, would you say this i'm sorry i thought you meant his son at the end i'm like no i'm not not talking about fucking uh Haley joel osmond i'm talking about the actor who played young forrest gump in the beginning of the film actually would say like you know my name's forrest forrest gump like and tom yeah. hanks like that's such a great way of speaking let's let's just if i'm gonna grow up to sound like you i might as well sound like you um i know we're more talking about tom himself but real quick for 1994 the special effects of putting him into places and letting him shake you know john f kennedy's hand you know what i mean like that's for 94 that's impressive you know i gotta i gotta pay yeah (laughs) Um, but I must have had about me 15 Dr. Peppers. So I'm going to say that his next movie might be his most popular role to date. And that would be Toy Story. Yeah. Um, I think because that's kids and adults. I I would agree with that. You know, it's universally, um, I wanted to say watchable, but that's not really the word I want to use. But like, watchable. But that's not the word I think is appropriate. You know, it it is fun for the whole family. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I would agree with that. I I mean, Tom Hanks has even like said on numerous occasions, like he's been in the elevator and like a little kid and and like the mom will be like, "Oh my God, look, it's Woody," and they're looking at like him. Like, no, it's not. You're yeah. being stupid. Like, and, and he would have to be like, oh, my God, Buzz, what are we going to do? And then, like, the kids just light up. like. Ah! But like, that's the other suck. thing that's why one of the reasons why we're talking about Tom Hanks tonight is, like, that's one of the things that's so great about him because I think he was he's willing to do that where other actors may be like, oh, God, you know, like. Well, he, he does do the, oh, God, okay. That, that's no. what he's like. Oh, God, damn you. Okay, fine. Right, but it, but it's playful. It's not he's not right. genuinely irritated. Well, there's other actors that might have actually been irritated by having to go into that character. You know, of course, I would imagine Tim Allen would be like, "I'm not doing Buzz." 
this. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> um, you have cocaine? Then I'll do buzz. Oh, jeez. Um, for all those, you should Google Tim Allen and cocaine and see what comes up. Yeah, don't. Um, no, do that. You do that. Talk about a buzz light year, dude. But um, um, the interesting thing about that, though, I I lost it. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Toy Story. Yeah, I was gonna say something, but I've lost it. Um, he then goes right into that one of my probably is it my favorite Tom Hanks role? Let me think. Yeah, I think it's my favorite Tom Hanks role, and that is Mr. White in that thing you do, which he also wrote and directed. Again, I've only seen it like one time, and I think I need to like I. Th- so I, I need the, to rewatch it. Do you remember the basic concept of the movie, or no? He's their manager of, of a band. I don't remember what the you know. right, but it's it's a one hit wonder band. It it's right. the ultimate tale of one hit wonders. They go from some no name band in Pittsburgh to or just outside Pittsburgh actually to you know the biggest band on the planet inside like a summer and by the end of the summer they're disbanded it right. doesn't exist anymore and yes he's the manager of the band once they get signed to the record label so they don't it doesn't start with him he comes in later right but um as a as a writing and directorial debut, it it's a pretty good fucking movie to start with. Uh, I'm curious to see it just based on that. I don't really care about the story. I'm curious to see because there's that whole miscon- there is that whole thing like can actors direct? Can directors act? Can actors write? You know, I think some can, some cannot. Yeah, I, I would. Im- I'm curious to see how Tom Hanks does it, but I think Tom Hanks also surrounds himself with. Smart Friends people that are <laughs> smart people that are also directors and like how many times has he worked with Spielberg? I mean, even right. if they haven't worked together in movies, they've been producers together on sure. some shit. Yeah. Um, one of which, one of my, uh, for me, I, I actually watched this last night. The Terminal. I love that movie. It's a really good movie. I love that movie too, but I would one hundred percent take out Catherine Zeta-Jones in that whole fucking. Well, I mean, it's not an integral role to the story, but... It feels so forced to me, CJ. It feels... This love thing between the two of them just feels so forced. And you already have such an amazing, good story of how he's stuck at this fucking terminal and he's just helping everybody else around him. He doesn't need to fall in love. We don't need a love story. I just felt like it was so... That... That pushed the security director or director of the the terminal is such a dickhead, such a dickhead. Stanley Tucci. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's what the character supposed not not the guy, the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Frank Dixon, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, when I was watching, I'm like, holy fuck, he looks and sounds like he could Stanley Tucci. I mean, could play Stephen Colbert in a biopic. They look so much alike. The, you just put yeah. a wig. You put a wig on Tucci's head, and boom, you got Colbert. I also find it interesting. Like this is another one of not to get off on a thing, but this is another one of Zoe Saldana's like first roles. I'll do you one even better. 
Diego yeah. Luna, yeah, who's in Rogue One, falls in love with her. So you got a fucking Trekkie and a fucking Warzy falling in love together. Well, yeah, I wasn't going Trek. I was going Marvel, but for her. But yeah, but she, but she's a Hura, and her character is a Trekkie. Yeah. In the- no, you're right. Oh, right, 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 right. In the movie, that's right. You're right. Um, I'm just gonna call her Gahara from now on. Gahara. Um, Gahara. Yeah, I get it. So uh, also, uh, she McBride. Is yeah, that it? I think it's Kai. We talked about it before. I think it's Kai McBride. I, all right, Kai McBride. Do you know what? He is the dude who is going to be the African American who's smoking in every movie. That's exactly what he is. <laughs> he, he does this in this movie. He did it in fucking Waiting. The first um, time I ever saw him was a TV show he was on called Boston Public. I never saw Boston Public. It was. I know. It, I know. It lasted the show. like a season or two. It didn't do very well, but it. I enjoyed it. the The biggest name coming off that movie for a brief period was Nicky Cat, who you'd okay. know him if you saw him. He actually, you know, who he plays. That you would know off the top of your head. He's the guy with Gordon when they're transporting. Um, you told me about this. Oh, that's not good. That guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, I remember you telling me this uh, when we did the Dark Knight episode. Yeah. Um, so, but we're we're glossing over one of it. Like he's look. We're not going to list every movie Tom Hanks is in, but we have to. There's one we have to talk about briefly. And what's that? Well, I mean, it's it's the only non Star Wars movie to have a Jedi in it, so you have to you have to talk about it. Would you like to explain what that joke means? (laughs) The Wilson theory was that that was that was your theory. No, oh, that was OC. OC. No, OC. I right. do not You're condone right. this bullshit theory. <laughs> that, is, theory. that is Octopus Caveman all over it, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah OC. Ray Wilson family. Fucking Wilson! Wilson! For those of you confused or not knowing what we're talking about, go back and listen to Cinema Wars episode and, and listen to OC's argument for what Ray's lineage should be in the next Star Wars movie that we're actually getting later this year, but... Or I could just explain to you really quickly. He thinks that her lineage should just be she is a Wilson, which means she's nobody. She is her own new set of amazing family, like Bloodline. She's not a Skywalker. She's not a Kenobi. She's a Wilson. And so his whole fucking line was (laughs) like... That that's what CJ talking about. Is that we got Wilson, the fucking Jedi from in the middle of the fucking ocean, like on an island, like yeah. He it was it's gonna be forever a thing. It you know, really I is. did come up with this funny fucking thought because you did you ever see Captain Phillips? I did not. I did not. You know the premise of it. He's a, he's I a ship yeah. captain for yeah, yeah, and they get kidnapped by um pirates and Somali, like Somalian pirates. Yeah. Somalian. That's Look it. at me. Yeah, thank I, you. I am the captain now. Um, yeah. I had this great fucking idea. What if Tom Hanks from Castaway, when he finally leaves the island on the little rafting, gets picked up by Captain Phillips, and then they get boarded by the fucking Somalian pirates? So like Tom Hanks just like, God damn it, I was free, I was off the island, then I get fucking kidnapped by Somalian pirates. This is bullshit. With the technology they have right now, it would be even funnier if he actually came face to face with himself as the captain of the ship before the. Somalians take over. Yeah, like, and then everyone's you saying, look no, familiar. I'm the you know, yeah. um, it's like, are you Wilson? 
Speaking, uh, so we're not going to go through all of his movies, but you mentioned one earlier that I actually kind of want to bring up, and that was Saving Mr. Banks, which I thought was a, mm-hmm. an amazing flick. Um, and honestly, and and this is strictly my opinion, but I would love your your feedback. I think it's why he gets his, his portrayal of Walt Disney is why he gets Mr. Rogers in this movie that's Rogers. coming. Agreed. Not to mention. Who is nice enough uh, who can portray Fred Rogers and Walt Disney and make them still, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if there is an actor that is genuinely nice enough. Right. Like, he, Kevin Smith is, but Kevin Smith could not play Mr. Rogers. Here's here's my thought about, now, obviously, we haven't seen A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, because I don't think it's, is it is it out yet? Did it come out yet? I don't think it's out yet. No. 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 But I've seen the trailer. I have watched that. And I... Look, I love Tom Hanks. I'm going to watch the movie. I want to see the movie. But I feel like he's got the mannerisms, but the voice is too Hanks for me. I would agree. I would also say he doesn't look exactly like Fred Rogers. No. But to be fair, he didn't look and sound like Walt Disney either. Tom Hanks... Looks True. and sounds like Tom Hanks. When Tom Hanks is playing somebody, with the exception of like Forrest Gump, which is complete departure of voice. That does not sound like Tom Tom Hanks is up here. Tom Hanks is hi, hi, I'm Tom Hanks. Right. That's 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 what Tom Hanks sounds like. Tom Hanks is not so like magic shows. He doesn't do that. <laughs> right, right. You know, he's not yeah, like yeah, yeah, peas yeah. and peas and carrots. He's Although I would fucking love to just imagine like for like Tom Hanks just walk around pissing off Rita Wilson, just being like, "Hello, Rita." You know. Speak, speaking though of his voice, to your your point, for me, he's right up there with like Morgan Freeman for narrating. Like he's he's a guy you want to narrate something you need narrated. I think. I haven't heard him narrate really anything. Oh, I have books on tape on or something or like documentary. Well, there's some of that, but he's also he narrated that Pacific miniseries that was spinoff of Band of Brothers. Yeah, Um, I never saw it, but he some of the some of the um, specials about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that I've seen, not concerts, but like 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 historical stuff. He's narrated, so he he definitely has a good voice for that. And for me, he's right up there with Morgan Freeman, who we both know has a great narration voice. He's the go-to, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind having Tom Hanks as a GPS. Oh, totally. But I... I, What what would you... I think I'd want more character Hanks than just Hanks. Like... Yeah, I would would want a Forrest Gump. I think I'd want Robert Langdon, honestly. Or... Oh, good poll, the Da Vinci movies. Um, I'd either want him or, honestly, maybe Carl Hanratty from Catch Me Oh, 100%. You know. Yeah, just be like... Knock, knock. (laughs) Yeah. Knock, knock. Who's there? Go fuck fuck yourself. (laughs) You know, like... Which is is weird because you're so not not used to hearing Tom Hanks curse. Yeah, I I was just about to say that. Like, that is... That is a, a Hanks anomaly. We're like, he's such a nice guy. Like, and he's just like, I curse like everybody else curses. What are you talking? 
Yeah, but even I then, four Toy Story movies. You think I don't curse? <laughs> to your point, though, like, so the Kevin Pollock Chacho thing is not that I was mentioning earlier. is It's a podcast, and it goes on yeah. YouTube, but they're not green by any means. Like you, you know, you go on that show and you say whatever you want to say in terms of language, and sure. even then, he didn't really curse that much. I. You know, I think he said shit a few times, but I don't think he said the F word once in like His, two hours. I, I remember he he completely changed the game for cursing for me once. On his inside, he did two inside the actor studios. He did one in like 95, 97 or something like that. Okay. And they did one right around uh, the first of Vichy Code, like 2006, because he had long hair. Right. right. Okay. He. He uh, said that his favorite curse word is horseshit. He says horseshit sounds so that much That is a good word. <laughs> he's like, he, horseshit is like, it's not bullshit. It's, that is horseshit. And it works. It does. It works so much. Once I like, I was like, oh my God, Tom Hanks is right. Horseshit sounds better than bullshit. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think shit, chicken shit, bullshit. I think he might have narrated that, um, or part of that documentary with on Spielberg that came out a couple years ago that was on HBO. Mm. I think he narrated part of that too. Um, that I'm would, only bringing that because I'm sense. trying. I'm trying to find those appearances you just mentioned, just so I could give you correct uh, um, credit. Another underrated movie. Well, another an underrated role with an oh, with a can decent I, movie. Can I jump but. in very quickly, just for anyone listening? I want to say, look, we're aware of his entire library and how intense it is and how many good movies he's been in. There's a good chance we're not going to hit every one of them. So if we don't mention one, don't take that as a, we didn't like the movie or didn't think he was good in it. We just may not get to it. So. Yeah. Well, the one I was bringing up was uh, Charlie Wilson's war. I didn't see that. I want to see that. I haven't had a chance to see that. He's good in it. The movie is good. Philip Seymour Hoffman is the best thing in that movie. Oh, because he's so damn good. <laughs> he was so damn good. He was such a great underrated uh, act, character actor as well. Now, you you may have seen this, but how different is Charlie Wilson's War from um, Bridge of Spies? I never saw Bridge of Spies. Neither have I, and I want to. I just haven't had a chance. I had no inkling to watch it. Now I'm kind of like, I really should just watch it. I think... I'm- Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Who am I? Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I have never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, all new tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. I was kind of like I have a. I did see the post. That I was surprised post. that I liked. The post was a, the recent Spielberg flick with him and Meryl Streep, 
and it's all about the Nixon uh, papers. And, and, oh, and, you know, I no, I didn't see that, but there's one similar. Maybe I saw Charlie Wilson's War. Maybe I did so see it, it. It's also got uh, Julia Roberts, like Southern, like hair up, and Tom Hanks is doing his Southern thing and drinking all the time, and yeah, flirting. Um, it's all about a, it's all about a supply. Ironically enough, it's about supplying the Taliban with weapons. Yeah, so that they can like defend themselves. So I and yeah, I no, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I found the inside the actress studio. Do you want? The the exact years, the correct years he was on. Are you curious about that, or did just move on? <laughs> um, I would say one of them was probably two thousand six. You got that and one. The other, okay, yep. the other one. I'm. I remember he's got a beard, so I don't think he had a beard for a movie, but I think he had just done Forrest well, Gump. Gonna... There is one where he has a beard. I don't know if that's one he was on the show, but there... oh, that, that's probably for Castaway. But it it was just. Grizzled shit, but it, it may have been. Um, I'm gonna say 98. Close, 99. Okay. Yeah, you did so good. That probably would be for Castaway. He's probably growing the beard, but he was. And he looked gaunt, if I remember. He looked pretty skinny. Not well, gaunt I, like. Not well, gaunt he did like that Philadelphia. Though. Like gaunt. he did that Christian Bale type thing where he lost all the weight, you know, for that did part. Well, what they actually did for Castaway, they did the first half with him clean shaven and fat right and then he went when before then zemeckis went on to go make another movie in between he directed uh what lies beneath that fucking ghost movie with uh oh, Harrison yeah. Ford and michelle pfeiffer um and then when they were done with that they went back to finish castleway and when yeah and hanks lost all the weight grew out his beard grew out his hair um also Hanks has type type two diabetes now, from all the yes. years of him gaining Doing weight that. and losing weight yeah. and moving weight. I've, yeah. I've heard that. Um, Who knew? I, I want to go back to the the Da Vinci series, if you will, because sure. there's three movies there. Um, mm, there's two good movies and there's there's Inferno. Right. Well, I didn't say they were all good. I said there were three movies. <laughs> right. Um, but Tom Hanks. Now, granted. These aren't action movies in like a Jason Bourne or Marvel or you know something or of e- that, or even Indiana Jones. Or right, Indiana. Good, thank you. I was trying to think of some examples. However, they are still action movies to a degree compared to everything else he's been in. I think this is the closest he's come to being an action star. I feel like <laughs> um... maybe maybe Private Ryan. As well, but I haven't seen it, so I can't say. But yeah, he actually he actually shoots guns in in Private Ryan. Um, but you know, just the running around, jumping, uh, not not so much jumping, but running around, you know, getting hit yeah. over the head. Like at one point, he's bleeding from the head, if you recall. Like I mean, oh, numerous, in the numerous first times one. that happens a lot. Yeah, uh, I I would agree. It, it like I said, it's not the Indiana Jones role. He never throws a punch, I don't think. Uh, maybe he, once, but yeah, it's not Indiana Jones. Yeah. But it, it's closer to like Nicolas Cage in National Treasure. Yes, I I would agree with that. Which if, is if, a... if Brendan Fraser is the Indiana Jones type of architect or, or explorer, adventurer, then Tom Hanks is the Nicolas Cage version of that. 
You know what I'm saying? Okay. But uh, I, I got to agree. Like, those are pretty underage films. I mean, the uh, they get a lot of hate, but you and I have said it numerous times. We will watch any treasure hunting type of movies done well. Yeah. If there's clues and there's traps and there's it has something to do with like mythical shit, I, we're into it. I'm a big fan of National Treasure. Like I know I know yeah. that's not a Tom Hanks movie, but I'm like I'm a big fan of those movies and I know I know they weren't especially the second one wasn't very well received, but you know, I like those I didn't movies. like it any I didn't like it any less. I thought it was just No no uh, me too, but I'm talking about like publicly speaking. Like it, it was a pretty big drop off from the first one. On the flip side, I would say I actually probably liked Angels and Demons more than the first Adventure Code. I, in terms of movies, no, yeah, I, I, to me, this falls into the Batman, Batman Begins or Batman mm-hmm. Begins Dark Knight thing for me. Sure. Um, my my favorite sequence in the Da Vinci Code. And we really should maybe deep dive those, all three of them, even though Inferno's not so good, but right. we should maybe do that t- someday. But my favorite sequence in that movie is when they go to Ian McKellen's house mm-hmm. and that whole thing where he, they basically finally lay out the whole thing with the last scion and what the chalice actually is and what the Holy Grail actually is and, you know, the thing with the Leonardo Da Vinci painting and how it's laid out. Yeah. All that stuff, you know, that sequence is so good to me Mm -hmm. that there's not a sequence like that in Angels and Demons that that grabs me like that. And I think that's why I lean more towards a Da Vinci Code. Well, you also have to remember... I do agree with you. That That is a phenomenal scene, and I would argue that is also my favorite scene of that movie. We have to look at the context. In the second one, they can't really sit around and talk. It, because there's like, yeah. every hour they're going to kill another fucking cardinal. So right. it's not like they it's... could really kind of fuck around and be like, oh, well, let's talk about the Illuminati. Well, and and I don't know if we want to do this tonight, because again, we're not really talking about these movies in depth, but the fact that they actually flip the movies from the books mm-hmm. because Angels and Demons, the book, is, but it came out first. Like, right. an Angels and Demons and Movies is not a prequel. It's a sequel because they right. flat out reference things from the Da Vinci Code in the yep. movie. So, it, it, I wasn't a big fan of the books. I had not read the books prior to the movies and I still have only read the Da Vinci Code, the book. Um, Angels and Demons is good. I only uh, read I'm, the first two. I, I didn't read Lost Symbol. Well, the Lost Symbol, I actually have read that, but that's not what Inferno's based on. Inferno's its own no. thing. Infer- um, Inferno's its own thing. They didn't do the Lost Symbol because of National Treasure. Right, which I kind of would like to see their take on it, as good as National Treasure is. So would I. So would um, I. Because I liked the Lost Symbol quite a bit. Um, anyway, but you know, also doing the movies out of order... No, I get why they did it, because Angels and Demons was not the phenomenon that the Da Vinci Code was when the books were released, you know? Right. The Da Vinci Code, like, everybody was reading the Da Vinci Code for a brief period. You but know? Uh, there, were their fa- there, were, there was its fans, and there were, like, I think it was Stephen Fry who said it was, like, the worst liquid ass piss he's ever read in his life. What, the Da Vinci Code? Yeah. Really? 
Okay. Yeah. He, he wasn't talking about, like, the mystery or anything. He was talking about the writing itself. That was the most basic, generic dribble of writing he's ever read. I was entertained. I didn't go into it looking for a fucking you if know, you're, uh, elocution lesson. Yeah, well, yeah. Not going off onto a whole thing, but if you are a Dan Brown fan, he also wrote a book before all of those that I'm aware I, I'm pretty sure it's before all of them, called Digital Fortress. That's really good. It's okay. NSA kind of thing, and it's all centered around like that stuff. So, computers and codes and viruses and things like that but it's it's pretty good i read that i read that years before the, the da vinci code was a thing and huh. didn't even know that it was the same guy the wrote you were books. og dan brown f- fan before anyone else but really it was i was just at the bookstore and i was just like looking up and down shelves and i went oh this seems like an interesting title pulled it off read the thing on the back i went okay that sounds like an interesting story. Let me read it. And I bought the book and sure. took it home and read it. Like, it had nothing to do with Dan Brown or the Da Vinci Code or anything. It just seemed like an interesting book. And it just so happens to be the guy who, you know, wrote all these other books. Um, but, yeah. I, I uh, God, I thought we should get back I'm, to Tom I'm, Hanks, though. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm, th- I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of what to segue to. Well, um, I was just going to move on to his... his another movie that happened and, and we were going backwards, but I feel like we'd be doing a disservice not to at least talk about it. Now I will disclosure tell you, I've not seen this, but I understand it's importance. And that would be the green mile. Yeah. I knew you were going to bring that up. Um, you have, or have not seen the Shawshank redemption. Oh, I've seen Shawshank and I know, and, and I know it's similar in feel. Yeah. Well, they're both Stephen King adaptations. Okay, well, that I didn't know. So there you go. So you didn't know that Green Mile was Stephen King? No, I did not. If you watched it, you'd be like, this is 100% Stephen King. Fair. Um, If you took the the basic premise of Shawshank, but instead of focusing on a prisoner, you focus on the death row prisoners. That's what Green Mile is. Right, I... I know at a very high level the concept only because Deb loves this movie. This is one of her favorite movies. And and you're going to yell at me as you typically do. But we own this movie and I've never seen it. God damn it, CJ. <laughs> what are you doing after this recording? Uh, the Eagles are playing. So fuck the Eagles, man. No. We're watching. Fuck. No. Fucking. No. You mother. No. You- no. All right. What are you doing tomorrow? Uh, <laughs> working. I, working, and I have Deb as an appointment. But after that, I don't think we have anything. What are you doing Tuesday, motherfucker? Find a day, sit down for three <laughs> hours, and watch the Green Mile. Yeah. No, I mean it. Okay. Jesus. I'm I'm gonna sick Debbie on you, motherfucker. I I don't need your help with that. Trust me. Um. Of all things of, of your friend to, like, get you to do, watching a Tom Hanks movie is not the worst thing. No, no, not at all. We, plus, we, bought, it be- plus, we, we bought it because Deb loves it. And I did. Good. And it was on, like, Showtime or Cinemax or one of those channels. And I did see the part where they take Michael Clark Duncan's character, whose name I could not tell you, out of the prison to the, I think it's the warden's... Warden's... 
house, yeah. Yeah, to heal his wife, I think, or his kid. Yeah. yeah. Wife. I did see that. So I and and I also saw Sam Rockwell was a crazy motherfucker. Like yep. off the wall nuts. Yep. You know, but that's all I remember from the little bit I saw. So um, But here's the thing, can ha- I to be fair, real quick, when Deb was watching it that day, I had been out somewhere and came in and it was like halfway through the movie. And one of the things I hate more than anything else is jumping into a movie I've never seen like halfway through. Like that just is the dumbest thing in the world to me. No matter who it is or what the movie is, like I want to, if I've never seen it, I want to see it from the beginning. I agree. So start from the beginning because you basically kind of saw like more or less the ending. It felt like it was only, if I recall, it was only like halfway through, at least according to the little meter thing on, on the uh, TBR. Yeah, but it's okay. Well, then, regardless, watch the fucking beginning <laughs> too. Uh, it's got a great cast. It's uh, Gary yeah. Sinise is in it as well. He has a small role, which would be like they, the third movie they were like together. I was gonna in. say they've worked together a few times. It's it's definitely Forrest Gump and Apollo thirteen, and then if you're saying he's in that, then yeah, yeah. They they have a very small, and it was because they'd worked like twice before. They're like, well, let's just get Gary in. Gary and I work well together. And I'm sure Gary was um, like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, Michael Clark Duncan is phenomenal in that yep. film. Like, and he plays I've heard the that. character John Coffee. He's like, yeah, like the drink, not spelled the same. <laughs> um, you get um, the farmer from Babe, which never saw. Me if I'm wrong, you saw. I never saw either. Man, God damn no. it. Um, Bonnie Hunt, but no, not Bonnie Wright. Bonnie Hunt. Hold on, I'll pull it up. Let me go back to it. Uh, Bonnie Hunt. It? She's the woman. She was in uh, Jumanji. Oh, I, yeah, I think it's Bonnie Hunt, but I'll confirm for you in a second. I didn't know if I was like combining Helen Hunt and Bonnie Wright and making Bonnie Hunt. No, it's Bonnie Hunt. You're right. Oh yeah, cool. She's in. She plays Tom Hanks's wife. Um. James Cromwell. I love that guy. James Cromwell, uh, the fucking Michael oh, Barry, Jeter. Yep. Barry Pepper's in this. Barry Pepper. Um, I like Barry Pepper. Uh, who, the uh, David, fucking is that, dude. Is that who I think it is? Who? Yeah, David Morse. I like that guy. I've yeah. seen him in a bunch of stuff. And then the guy who is, he's, uh, he said, son, you got a condition in the Avengers. Yes, Henry Henry you, Dean Stanton. Yeah, he's in it. Her, Harry Dean Stanton. Or Harry, sorry, yeah. Um, um, real quick, going back it, to David Morse, there's two movies he's in that I remember him more than anything else. I've seen him in other stuff, but there's two I specifically remember him the most from. One is Contact with... Um, um, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster, right. And then The Negotiator with yeah. Samuel Jackson. And he... That's cool. He's just a complete dickhead in that one, but I remember him. I remember him mostly from Disturbia. I didn't see that. Shia, it's it's Rear Window with Shia LaBeouf, and he's the neighbor that Shia thinks is like a murderer. Gotcha. He's spying on his neighbor. Um. Anyways, uh, Tom Hanks is really good in this fucking movie too. Um. He, he gives <laughs> off yeah, the impression. Yeah. Tom Hanks was that, in this movie, and yeah. Uh. He gives off the impression that he's also. Like, he's in charge of the guards. Like, he's the head guard of right. the death row. He is commanding. He's not cruel. But when he 
when he looks angry, he it's it's deserving so. Right. Um, there's also a thing that I've noticed that Tom Hanks likes to pee in his movies a lot. Okay. Remember there's like there's that long shot of him pissing in like Forrest Gump from the fifteen Doctor Peppers. Uh, he yeah. pees a lot in Green Mile because he's got a urinary infection. Okay. So he's throughout the film he's like trying to pee without like but it looks so painful like beads of sweat are down his face and he keeps holding back his pee until he can't hold it anymore and then he like pisses outside and like it, it brings him down to his knees from the pain it's funny you say uh, that because he also and you've only seen it i think once you said but he actually there's a very famous scene from uh a league of their own where he pees see he, he pees a lot in his movies he comes in drunk or more hungover, I guess, from to to start the baseball game, and one of the girls comes up to him with a lineup card and says, "You know, what do you think of the lineup card?" He takes a lineup card, throws it on the floor, pulls down his zipper, and pees on the lineup card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do remember that. Um, Should we move forward though to another? Because we sure I mean, look, I- there's a, there's so many we're not going to get to. It's just not going to happen. Let me just say this. I never saw Cloud Atlas. I have no interest in seeing Cloud It's Atlas. actually not bad. At least, it's, well, let me take that back. His scenes aren't bad. Is he like a Russian mobster or something? I, I forget what he was, but I remember liking the only part of that movie I liked was when he was on screen. So, Well, okay. That doesn't, that doesn't give me a whole lot of hope. But, no, I didn't. Um, but no, but I'm saying in a relatively shit movie he was the the bright spot you know oh uh, okay that that's like uh well i don't really have a good analogy for that <laughs> it's like saying oh well this hot pocket burnt and burnt my tongue the entire time but at least has good well, flavor so let's let's come off the actual you know list of movies here and let's do this what past or present what role would you want to see him play that he didn't play? So it could be an existing movie or something coming or something that just hasn't w- been made yet. Wait, ref- give me that question one more time. What is a movie that he's already done that he shouldn't? Is that basically no, 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 not at all. I'm saying past or present. What's a role you would love to have seen him do that he did not do? So I'm, I'm not saying this okay. is my answer, but as an example, uh, um, Indiana Jones. You know he played Indiana Jones. I'm not saying that's my answer, but as an right. example, I hear, I, I hear what you're saying. Or, you know, um, they're gonna make a movie about I don't know. Um, trying to think of a, something that would be worth making a movie about that's happened. Um, like a historical event or something. Okay, Lincoln. he plays Donald Trump in a biopic. You know. I don't know. Something like that. You know. I would love to have seen him play Lincoln. Oh, in the Daniel Day movies? What? In the Daniel Day Lewis movie? Right. Because I'll give you a reason why. Nothing against Daniel Day Lewis as an actor. He's a phenomenal actor. uh, Tom Hanks is also related to Abraham Lincoln. His. Abraham Lincoln's mother was named Nancy Hanks. Okay. He's a direct descendant of, of Lincoln's mother, which means Lincoln. Um, not to mention, they kind of look enough alike. If you took a $5 bill 
and and or even just Lincoln, they look enough alike where it's like I could definitely see this. Also, Spielberg brings out probably at least the later years the best of Tom Hanks. Agreed. So I think that's something I would have loved to have seen. Just say, yeah, Tom Hanks played his ancestor. He worked with Spielberg, and if he if he had done it, I guarantee he would have also been nominated. May not have won, but would have been nominated for an Oscar. Um, I there is this whole thing where, like, when after Hanks played Disney, and then there was word around that he was going to play Fred Rogers, I rolled my eyes. I'm like, of course he is. You know what I mean? It, it's kind of this. We need a nice guy. It's going to be Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks looks nothing like the person. It's going to be Tom Hanks anyways. I would like to see Tom Hanks do something gritty. I'm not saying do Taken. I'm not saying do a, right. a, a Schwarzenegger type role. But an underrated film that he did that I would like to see him do something similar was The Road to Perdition. Okay. Did you see it or you know basically no. it? I, I've heard it, of it, but I don't know much about the the movie. Okay. It is the it's a dark Chicago style gangster movie set in like the thirties. Tommy guns, fedoras, overcoats, the mm. whole thing. Tom Hanks is 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 that. And it's good to see him in that role. And unfortunately, maybe he is something close to that in Cloud Atlas, but I haven't seen him do anything dark and brooding in a very long time. And I would like to see that. I'd like I'd like to, Okay. I, He's got this, this this whole thing. Like I said, he is. It, let's say they were going to make a movie of Doctor Seuss. Boom, Tom Hanks. Okay. Oh, we need a movie about Roald Dahl. Boom, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, right? You know what I'm saying? He, like it's for, it's he's pigeonholed himself into being. I'm I'm the syrupy nice guy. I am a part of your childhood. I'm going to make you all happy. Well, and I think that to a. Uh... A degree that might be why he did like Charlie Wilson's War and mm-hmm. A Bridge of Spies because that's a little more in that realm of what you're talking about. I and maybe I wasn't fair with my question because my thought would be like, so in all the Mission Impossible movies except for the last two, the 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 director has been somebody different. So like mm-hmm. the first one was. Um, Kind of a lesser known act. What's that? The first one was De Palma. No, but not the director. I'm not talking about the director of the movie. I'm talking about the guy who plays the director of the IMF. Oh, got it. Force. It's a lesser known actor who I don't know his name, and I'm not going to look it up right now. Second one. It's John Voight. No, he's not the director. He's not the director. The guy, okay. Kittredge. I don't remember. The character's name is Kittredge. I don't remember who the actor is. Um, okay. in the second one, it gets a little more high profile. It's Anthony Hopkins. And then right. in the third one, it's Lawrence Fishburne. Um, I'm the guy right. I forgot about that one. uh, and then I forget the fourth one and the fifth one, it becomes Alec Baldwin and he played it mm-hmm. in the last couple. Um, I would like to see Tom Hanks in that role, like the director, <laughs> like, you know, like a role like that. So he's not the star. But a pivotal role that's different for him. Do you know what I mean? Or I can like, see that. And they would never do it because he's not British, but like M in a James Bond movie. Do you know what I mean? Uh, agreed. I could definitely see. He he would be 
in the same way that um, Liam Neeson for a brief period was like the mentor role with the Qui-Gon Jinn, yeah. Ra's al Ghul, I could see Tom Hanks doing that as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, just... Just something different. How about how about yeah. him as Alfred in the next Batman? No, I know who they're getting for, but what about him just like Alfred? Mm, no, no. I think I think you were close to with Mission Impossible. Um, oh, wait, who? There are they still think? Did they confirm anybody for Alfred? I, the, I, I'm confirm. I'm looking now, but I think they have. Yeah, it was Pierce Brosnan was a rumor. Was That's, that who you're I, talking about? Yeah. Okay. It's not listed on IMDb, but that's the name I'd heard too. Okay. All right. So, what was, I just just for the sake of it, who was the what was the character's name for the uh, in the first Mission Impossible? Kittredge. You're talking about. Oh, yeah. You're right. I don't know the fuck this is at all. <laughs> Henry Cherney. And he was in more in this one more than any of the other ones. He was a crucial character. I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Weird. I've only seen nothing against this guy. Like, yeah, I'm, no, no, not know. at all. He he did an ama- he did a great job. Like the he, he did he, the job he was supposed but, to play. But yeah, but you're right. I was like, oh, it's John Voight. Like, no, 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 it's not. I'm like, oh, it's not fucking Emilio Estevez. Like, no, 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 it's not. It's this other random dude that no, it's not Jean Reno. Like, no, it's not. It's, By the it's way, the one guy. And we we do need to do Mission Impossible as well someday. But how do you cast Emilio Estevez and kill him in the first ten minutes? Like really? Um, is that a rhetorical question, or do you want an answer? All right. Anyway, moving on. Um, didn't Emilio Estevez kind of already do that to his career already? That's terrible. Name me three movies that are not like the Mighty Ducks. Men at Work, Breakfast Club. I'm struggling for the third one. Mission Impossible, but I mean, that, that would Go be... Go fuck yourself, Mission well, Impossible. Anyway. Stakeout. There's one. There you go. But I had... The first two were good good polls. True. All right. You said non-Muddy Dicks movies. There you go. I got two. Okay. All right. All right. I do know. Um, anyway. All right. Well, I think I think we've said we, enough. I, let's unless not end it on, like, fuck Amelia Esmez. It's like... <laughs> Like, I almost want to wow. end it now on fucking video. All right, all right, all right. We're gonna we're gonna end it like this. Fuck no, Amelia. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, Tom Hanks is a goddamn national treasure. That's that's except true. he wasn't in National Treasure. No, I. <laughs> CJ here with a few thank yous and let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. Listen to Podeskew on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you find podcasts. Please don't forget to rate and comment. We want to thank our logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. Again, that's logomike80 at gmail.com. Thank you to Dubbed in English for our opening theme music, 96 Reasons. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for our closing music, Theme is Skew. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon.
Estaremos poniendo dosis de refuerzo para ayudar a prolongar esa protección. No olvides que el Departamento de Salud de Virginia sigue siendo tu mejor fuente de información sobre el COVID-19. Para saber si puedes recibir la dosis de refuerzo y programar una cita, visita vaccinate.virginia.gov o llama al 877-829-4682. Este es un mensaje del Departamento de Salud de Virginia. 